0: Hi, my name is Marisa Jarnella porco I'm the co-founder and president of the Jordan Porco Foundation. Healthy Minds Alliance is an innovative AmeriCorps program managed by Health360 that engages AmeriCorps members of all ages and backgrounds to meet critical mental health needs in communities served by their host sites. AmeriCorps members serving with the Healthy Minds Alliance receive a stipend during their 10 month service term and upon completion of their service term, receive an education award, which can be used to repay qualified student loans and to pay current educational expenses at eligible institutions of higher education and training programs. If you're interested in becoming an AmeriCorps member or would like information on how your organization could become a host site, please see our show notes for information on how to apply.
1: Welcome, current, former, future AmeriCorps service members. My name is Michael, and I will be your host for today's Healthy Minds Alliance podcast. And I'm also a currently serving AmeriCorps member. Joining me today is Marissa Jarnello porco the co-founder, president, and chief executive officer of the Jordan Porco Porco Foundation, which is a nonprofit with a mission to prevent suicide, promote mental health, and create a message of hope for young adults. Marissa, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. So we are excited to get a chance to talk to you As we like to start all these out, just sort of big, broad picture, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. To start, I'm a
0: career social worker. I started many, many, many years ago, got my master's in social work, Um, worked in in a whole bunch of different settings. I've worked in for the state of Connecticut. I've worked for local mental health agencies. Almost 13 years ago, I lost my son to suicide. He was a college freshman. We, you know, we really felt that something good had to come out of this tragedy. And that's how the Jordan Porco Foundation was born. You know, I can get into a little bit later in terms of all the programs that we've developed, but that's kind of who I am at, at, professionally. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm, you know, I, you know, raised two children, enjoy being outside. I enjoy being at the beach. I enjoy gardening. Um, I, you know, like to stay active. And um, that's just kind of in my passion right now is, you know, helping people. Um, bring awareness and reducing stigma associated with getting help. You know, one, one of the things that came out of Jordan's death is that, especially, you know, 12, 13 years ago, I don't think we were talking about mental health as much as we are today, but when you're raising, when your mother is a social worker and has worked in all types of environments, there was nothing really taboo that wasn't discussed in my home and despite Mm -hmm. all this, I had this tragedy happen in my family. So, I think that, you know, there, we really felt that um, a lot of peer to peer education and being more open and less ashamed of mental health, mental health issues, even being ashamed that somebody may have died by, by suicide. Um, We felt that I was not ashamed of who my son was Mm -hmm. and um, did not want to perpetuate that back then.
1: And and so, um, how long has the Jordan Porco Foundation been up and running? Like, you know, how long has it existed?
0: So we started in twenty eleven, um, and we hosted our first event, our signature event, which is called Fresh Check Day, in twenty twelve, and that was hosted
1: at um, Eastern Connecticut State University uh, in
0: Willimantic, Connecticut.
1: So again, this, you know, this. Um, interview I'm doing with you today mm-hmm. is kind of outside what we normally do here on the show, though we are also trying to expand what we do here. But this is part of our Suicide Awareness and Prevention Month programming. So if, if people aren't aware, September is officially the Suicide Awareness Prevention Month. Uh, and that's why we wanted you have on specifically for this month for this episode. So you already mentioned the Fresh Check program, which is one of the things I wanted to talk about. So if you don't mind, just expand a little bit on that. Like, what is it? And then like, Where would people go if they want to get involved? Either they need help themselves or they want to support other people in their communities. How can they do that through your foundation? So
0: we designed um, Fresh Check Day literally to be a very inviting, celebratory, upbeat event where um, college students could attend and learn about the warning signs of suicide, understand that there were resources on campus, learn about positive coping skills, and engage with other students having conversations about mental health and suicide prevention that were were um, not intimidating. And we specifically called it Fresh Check Day, kind of like a checking in with college students. And it didn't, they didn't have to be freshmen, just checking in college right. in general. And we designed this to be like um, interactive fair, right? Um, with incentives for participation, food, therapy, dogs, music. Uh, and peer-to-peer messaging uh, run by the booth, by, by the students that ran the organizations on campus. So we really felt very strongly 12, 13 years ago that the messages had to come from the from the peer student groups because they would be mm-hmm. received better. And again, again, it normalizes the conversation when you're talking about heavy things, but you have this kind of festive environment that's in, in, engaging because we really felt that you know, if, if we had called this more of a suicide prevention, maybe people wouldn't have attended, you know what I mean? But they would have got, right. they get the message because, again, they're walking across campus, they're they're, they're hearing the music, they see the, you know, back. It, sometimes they do a lot of, there's tents, they see smell the food, they see the giveaways, and they're right. like, oh, what's going on here? And next thing you know, you're having these really interesting conversations about connection, about all the different things that kind of, you um, that impact someone's mental health. Because when, when we talk about suicide prevention and it's never just one thing that leads someone to die by suicide or, or you know, have suicidal thoughts or ideation. It's always a confluence of factors. And so by presenting it this way, students can participate in these groups, in these, um, in these interactive booths. And that's usually, there's usually like 10 interactive booths run by students. And they can kind of pick and choose. I mean, there's some that they have to go to to kind of part mandatory as part of the program. So it, it kind of does that universal upstream messaging, which is, it may not be that person that's struggling, but maybe that person's friend or roommate, it could be um, a, a family member, or maybe they are struggling and they're also finding out that, hey, you know what? The counseling center or the wellness center isn't such a scary place because I'm meeting this person in this environment that is really engaging and upbeat. You know, so it's it's really upstream prevention, positive uh, positive upstream prevention programs run by students that engages the students, and in an interactive way because we really didn't feel like tabling, just giving out flyers really was going to make make a big of a that big of a difference. So,
1: so one of the things that I do as a AmeriCorps service member, uh, we we teach mental health education in the communities that we live in, uh, and there's different categories. There's like adult, there's youth, there's, I think there's actually is a child. And we even have some new ones that are coming out for like specific populations, like first responders. And um, so I do the youth. That's the one that I have been most active in. I've, I've taught, you know, several times. And you mentioned early on about how, you know, 12, 13 years ago, we, the the, the language around mental health, mental education, mental health education was different and it's getting better. I do think it's getting Even since I've been with AmeriCorps, it seems like it's getting better, but not quite as fast as maybe as we would like. Uh, but I say all that to just to say that, you know, as when I'm teaching these courses, one of the things that constantly comes up is how much, how surprising it is, the prevalence of mental health issues in young adults. Yes. That this is so much higher than I think, you know, lay people maybe realize. You know, I myself, I, I self-identify as someone that struggled with depression and anxiety as a, mm-hmm. as a child, but I didn't know it. I didn't know what that, I just thought I was a kid. I know I'm one of the lucky ones. I got through it, but I like to think that these trainings that I'm a part of will keep someone else from having to go through the struggles that I did. And we also teach that, at least as as of the last studies that I saw, that suicide is the second leading cause of death in young adults in the U.S. Um, And there's different prevalence rates and different socioeconomic backgrounds, but it's still in all of them. And across all of those, it is the second leading cause of death. So for anyone listening, like this isn't, something that happens to other people. It happens to people you know. It happens in your communities uh, all far too often. So you mentioned the Fresh Check program. I know you have a couple others. Well, actually, I do want to ask about that. So, so now that that's up and running, because you're based out of uh, Connecticut, correct? Yeah. So is this something that we've rolled out? Are other universities and colleges across the nation doing this? Is it still kind of centralized where you're at? If, I, if I, someone is listening is at a college right now, how could they bring that program to their campus if it's not already there?
0: So yeah, that's a great question. Um, So since 2012, since we had our first pilot Fresh Check Day at Eastern, we have grown to, um, we've expanded to 47 states and over, I think, 370 colleges across the country. And one of the the nice things about Fresh Check Day, it's become a tradition on many college campuses. About 80% of our colleges come back every year to host this. Um, They usually do it around maybe the same time of year. We work with a lot of times, either student affairs or the head of counseling centers, it takes about three months to plan because they have to get their team of student groups that want to participate. And some of the logistics about where they're going to have it on a college campus, you know, I mean, it's going to be, is it going to be an indoor event, an outdoor event? You know, what is the food component? Like all those little things, right? What's the budget for it? But um, to get, if you want to bring Fresh Check Day to your campus, you just have to go to Fresh Check Day, freshcheckday.com. You can see uh, we have a listing of all the colleges that are signed up this year, and we're I think we have like 125 colleges signed up for next year already. So, and if you want, if you have any interest, um, there's an interest form that you can fill out and talk to um, our director of programs at the Jordan Porco Foundation, Leah Nelson. And it really is a great opportunity to provide, the, again, mental health messaging, suicide prevention, on a college campus that really is is very very engaging and so um and I'm also very proud to announce that we have been listed as a best practice oh, fantastic on the suicide prevention resource center um and so that really um you know it's been a lot of work to get to that point but we're really very honored that we have this designation right now
1: uh, and I'll just kind of throw a, a blanket statement here that uh, we're probably going to talk about some other Websites or links, and and I will put all of them in the show notes. So if anyone is listening, if you want to get involved or just research some things, I will make as many links as I can to the w- basic website, individual links, URLs, forms, everything. I'll make it as easy as I can for people. But I know that you do have some additional programs, not just the Fresh Check. So you, any of the others you want to talk about or bring up, I'd love to hear about them.
0: Yeah, actually. So um, we, I, I'm going to stay on the Fresh Check Day side sure. for this minute. Um, so uh, just over the years, we had a lot of um, interest by communities and high schools and also businesses that were interested in the Fresh Check Day program, but they wanted it for their smaller setting, right? Mm-hmm. So their high school setting or their community or you know, sometimes the small regional communities. So we actually packaged what we call our check-in program. And that information is also on the Fresh Check Day web- website. And it's it's being used by student leaders in high schools, by youth service bureaus and communities um, to have this kind of um, template for a mental health suicide prevention fair. So we kind of took the best and the most kind of universal messaging booths from our Fresh Check Day. And we packaged it for again, businesses, communities, and high schools. So if anybody's interested in doing something on a smaller scale, in a community that you're working in, or even if you're working with high school students, this is a great additional event that can actually provide some leadership for high school, maybe high school seniors, right? Interested in mental health or psychology or public health in general. And um, it's it's a great add-on for people who are doing training like UPR training in high schools or mental health Mm -hmm. first aid or any other type of curriculum that promotes mental health. You know, it's just, it's again, a nice add on. So I just wanted to talk about the check-in program. And another program that we have is called our For What's Next program. Again, um, as we were seeing so much success with our Fresh Check Day program, we, um, we were being asked by high schools, like we need to start doing stuff for younger kids. And so we developed our For What's Next program, which is a psychological resiliency program for middle and high school students, although it's been um, and to be compliant with the CDC, we it has it's been written in uh, like fifth grade le- reading level, really talks about mental health in general, mental health as a continuum, right? And um coping skills, you know, when is it time to reach in? When is it time to reach out? Um, there's five modules. Um, there's ways to kind of practice those skills. Uh, we know that reaching in when you're in distress isn't always the right answer. Sometimes you've got to go talk to a trusted adult and sometimes you need to have those internal coping skills to get through what you have right in front of you just say if you have a really you're really stressed out because you're going to be taking a test you need to kind of have those coping skills and so the the program was designed for anybody working with young people to teach it the curriculum is very straightforward the modules are 30 minutes so it's not really taking a lot of time and you could do you could provide this curriculum to students. Um, you could do it all in one, you know, you can do the, all three modules in one session, you could break it off, you know, one week at a time, you can make it a little bit more, I guess, relevant to the community that you're working with, okay, you know, sure. culturally relevant. And it's, you know, you could be working in a church group, you know, I mean, you could be a youth group with a church, you could be an after school program, you could be a sports program, you could build it into your advisory periods in high school or middle school. So, or a summer camp program. So it's got a lot of different, different settings that could be relevant to kind of add to whatever program's going on to really start talking about mental health, opening up those conversations with kids in a non-threatening way. Uh, And then, you know, the hope is, and the, you know, the experience that we have is that that student may disclose, maybe not now, but maybe down the road that they are struggling, right? Or they're not, Mm -hmm. they don't have a way to really explain how they're feeling. Like you mentioned, you know, that sometimes we just don't have the words to say what we're going through when we're young. And again, opening these conversations and getting the message, it's okay to have these conversations is super important at, you know, and we got to start younger and younger because we know we have a public health crisis, not only here in the United States, but across in, in all over the world with increased anxiety and depression. and of course, everything's been exacerbated since we've had the pandemic. So we really do have to look at this problem at a, from a grassroots perspective and understand there has to be a multi-tiered um, multi-tiered interventions and prevention strategies. So we can, you know, reduce the numbers that we're seeing right now, unfortunately.
1: So as someone like, again, I I work in a community and I would like to try to bring some of these programs to my church, my school, my community center. So when I go to your website, is it going to give me the materials I need to teach it? Is there some sort of like uh, you would have to have someone from your organization? educate one of us to become like, how does it, how would it actually work logistically if, if I wanted it at my school, for example?
0: So we have our main website, which is um, the Jordan Foundation.org. And we have all the, all the programs listed there, but then we have s- separate um, websites for each program. So e- either if you want the check-in program or the Fresh Check Day program or the For What's Next program, we have those websites. It's forwhatsnext.org. And you can get, you can look at all the information that you might you want if you want to learn more about the program but if you are, are interested in purchasing that program like the forward's next program is right now it's a 500 unlimited uh use fee for a year you get the access to download all the materials um and the handouts and all the information that you're going to need to teach the curriculum so if that right now it's pretty much everything is self-explanatory everything's really spelled out you just need a little bit of time to prepare um for your students but and, and we provide all the technical assistance at the office you know we have a program team that can help you and we have um especially when we're talking about fresh check day the college program we have a a whole uh, community of fresh check day coordinators across the country and we learn from each other and we get new ideas for booth messaging so it's um everything everything's available
1: yeah, and I just wanted to touch on that because I know with other interviews I've done and just the communities I'm involved with, I know that you, there is usually a cost associated with providing these materials. But I would, in, to my audience, um, I know because I work for a school and I serve at that same school through AmeriCorps and the school that I work at has a mental health education grant that they were awarded by the state. Mm-hmm. And so we use that to pay the fees that we would normally charge for the courses that I teach. So, if you are someone who wants to bring these to your community, to your school, to your church, whatever, if if you don't have five hundred dollars, there's a good chance there's probably a community resource or a grant available that might be able to offset or cover those charges for you.
0: Oh, absolutely! And I think a lot of times, if you have a relationship with a even a local bank or a community foundation, and you you approach them with, "Hey, we really want to do this," there's you can find money. You can you can find some money to to bring it to your school or pool resources. That's sometimes that we see is people in different parts of the community may pool resources and, you know, maybe share right. the, the curriculum um, within a, a district or something like that, you know. or
1: So let's imagine I've got two lines of people behind me. The, they stretch into infinity. On one side, I got the people who have a lot of time, but not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. On the other side, I got people who got a lot of money, not much time. How could you utilize both of those groups? Like where should they go on your website if they want to volunteer their time? And is there somewhere they can go if they want to give you some money?
0: Oh, <laughs> so yes, we have a donate page and we are always looking for, um, groups or individuals that are willing to either join whatever fundraising events we may have. And and now with the virtual world that we have it's so you can even, you know, join our Eversource Harford marathon virtually, you know, or mm-hmm. you can just fundraise for us if you don't want to walk or run. And it doesn't matter where you live in the country. Right. You know, sometimes if you've got, um, you're having a birthday fundraiser or, you know, on Facebook, or you um, just can, if, if you, unfortunately, if you've had some kind of, you have a story to tell about mental health or suicide in your community, and you feel like the work that we're doing resonates with you for reaching young adults, you know, you can always, you know, contact us if you're interested in doing something, we can give you some materials or, you know, do some kind of campaign at work or whatever. The other thing that we, if you don't have a lot of money, but you have some time and you have some connections, we would love to be introduced to like-minded youth-serving partners out there, regardless of the setting. Like we are, we have designed all our programs to be culturally relevant to wherever you're working. So if you're in an inner city or you're in a rural community, you can adapt our programs to meet the needs, to speak to the kids. And that's Mm -hmm. why we really believe that the people that are are disseminating the information and the curriculum are built into that community because it just feels more authentic and real. It doesn't necessarily feel like you're just checking off a box to get something done. And then again, those students, especially if we're talking about middle and high school students, at least they know who that person might be in their community to reach out to because already the conversation's been, they've had the conversations with that person. So
1: So I was on your website earlier, and I saw mention of your ambassadors program, and I don't think we've touched on that yet here. So would you mind sharing a little bit about what that is, please?
0: So we have an ambassador program that usually we select um, up to 10 college students across the country, Um, and it it doesn't have to be undergrad, it could be grad students, who are interested in doing public health, suicide prevention work, to be an advisory to the Jordan Porco Foundation. Normally, we set up... um, a project for them to work on as a team. And then if they have some work that they want to do individually, a lot of the students are already familiar with our programs because Fresh Check Day has already come to their, their campus. Mm-hmm. And so it really keeps us relevant. So if you can think about when I started this organization back in 2011, 2012, right? The world was very different place.
1: Very different world. Yes.
0: And so we need to stay relevant with the You know, how do kids hear messages these days? You know, we want to make sure that we're not just more white noise, even though when you think about talking about mental health, it really shouldn't be. But when you get bombarded with so many messages about everything going on all the time. So we trying to keep it real means Mm -hmm. the young students, the most recent generation involved in our programming, looking at what we're doing, making suggestions for change. And so that's how we stay relevant. And so any of, a, any of your AmeriCorps students or anybody that's interested maybe in or maybe still in school that might be or know somebody, uh, we would welcome them to reach out to us if they're interested in becoming an ambassador, like maybe for next year, for 2024 academic year.
1: Okay. Um, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I know you're a very, very busy person. Uh, but I always like to ask people, is there something that you were hoping we would talk about? Maybe you have an anecdote to share or just information or just something you just really hoped it would have come out, but I didn't ask the right question. So just pretend I did ask the right question and then tell me what you would want me to know.
0: Well, I can tell you that I, I really do believe our and I know that our our, um, our programs are saving lives. I think um, it's the information that we get, the post the post survey events, uh, the, the post uh, event surveys that we get from our students on college campuses, um, the anecdotal information, the data that we collect, we know that we're impacting students. We know that students are coming to these events and again, getting affirmation and, and validation that what they're going through isn't something that they're, they're not, it's not abnormal, that people do struggle with anxiety and depression, that there is hope, that there are people who care and that want to help you. And I think, I really, really believe that we can all as a community, as a community look at look at this problem and say, this is somebody else's problem. That's a community health center's problem. This is the hospital system's problem. It really isn't. This is our problem as a, as humans, <laughs> you know? Mm. Uh, and and um, what really kind of jazzes me up lately is looking at all the different organizations out there that are starting to really take this issue on as their mission you know, people that not aren't traditionally working in mental health field or have these backgrounds, everybody's like, wow, you know, we really need to really shore up the work of the schools and the work of the local small communities that are like, we're all nonprofits. We're all struggling, right? It's just, mm-hmm. things are tough these days for everyone. But looking at this from a grassroots perspective and looking at it as this is everybody's job, you know, just like, you know, and again, getting that message out, you know, I think that's, um, like the QPR training, you know, teaching that anybody can really talk to somebody who might be in distress, and it doesn't have to be a medical professional or a mental health professional. I think it's the same thing with this. It doesn't. It takes repeated action, repeated conversations, kind of listening to your gut when you're with somebody to understand that they may be struggling with something, and just kind of like getting away from, oh hi, how how are you? And just oh yeah, everything's fine because we know that things aren't fine, and that we all carry masks and we. Kind of move forward in the world with trying to hide how we're how we're really doing inside, and then if we we foster hope and engagement and and be authentic with people, I think I think there's a lot of programs, but I I also think it, our programs kind of give that message out that you matter, we're all in it together, and nobody has to suffer alone.
1: As we bring this week's episode to a close. I just want to once again say thank you to Marissa for joining me today and sharing a little bit about her experiences and the Jordan Porco Foundation. I hope you have enjoyed listening, and I hope you'll join us again next week when we will have another amazing guest on to chat with. As a reminder, if you are interested in becoming a service member or have any questions about serving, or perhaps your organization would like to become a host site, you will find information and links to follow in our show notes.